Welcome back. In this episode, Helen sat down with Nicole to learn about her career path. Nicole will take you through her early roles, right up until she began her own business and the leadership experiences that helped her on the way. She'll describe thought leadership and why we need to challenge what we think a leader should be. Can an introvert be a leader? Let's find out. Hello and welcome to Learn to Lead the podcast, where we talk to leaders about how they lead, what they've learned, and what they recommend for our journeys towards becoming better leaders. Today we're joined by Nicole Haney, business advisor with Western Entrepreneurship. Nicole, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you, Helen? I'm also doing great. Um, Thank you for joining us. We're really excited to learn a little bit more about your journey and your experiences. Um, Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your education and how you came to where you are at today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, I am a business advisor with Western Entrepreneurship right now. Um, But prior to starting in this role, I was actually scaling a food business full time for about four and a half years. And so the food business kind of came to life um, because I had been working in just kind of like standard office environments for about a decade um, after I graduated school. So I graduated Western with a degree in psychology um, many moons ago. And uh, after graduating, I just kind of got into the workforce. I decided I was going to, you know, get into an entry level position and just sort of work my way up the corporate ladder as you do. Um, And so I had really started doing that and I had successfully gotten a few promotions and kind of had higher and higher level positions. Um, But as I was approaching my 30th birthday, I kind of took a step back and started to take stock of my life. And what I started to realize is that at that time, my major goal in my life was to retire early. So (laughs) my, my, my whole goal was to retire at 55 years old. And, you know, again, as I was approaching that 30th birthday, I started to realize that I was essentially wishing away the next 25 years of my life Mm. and just kind of counting down the days until I could retire and that would grant me the freedom to pursue the things I really wanted to pursue and be doing things that I actually loved doing. And so that for me was a real wake up call um, because I realized I didn't want to be wishing away the next, you know, Mm -hmm. two decades of my life. So I started looking around for different things that um, I was passionate about, different things I enjoyed doing. And I kind of stumbled into baking a little bit um, (laughs) because I never, I was never a baker. I never really enjoyed baking all that much. Um, My mom baked a lot when we were kids, but it wasn't something I really got into. But um, when I was in my late 20s, I started to get into health and wellness um, quite a lot. And I had this really big sweet tooth. And so I realized like, if I want to keep eating desserts and, you know, enjoying that aspect of life, but I also want to take care of my health, you know, I need to stop eating like cookies all the time. Right. And with the sweet tooth. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like if you love dessert, you know what it's like. You're like, I don't want to eat just one cookie. I want to eat five cookies. Right. And (laughs) 
And so um, I realized I needed to stop doing that as I started to take care of my health a little bit more, but I still wanted to be able to eat dessert. And so I was going out to, you know, the grocery stores and health food stores and really everywhere I could look to try and find um, baked goods that were made in a healthy way. So like no refined sugar, you know, I was looking for things that were gluten-free or dairy-free, um, all natural ingredients. And not surprisingly, I couldn't find that on the market. And so I kind of just started making it for myself. And um, just in my home kitchen on the weekend, you know, I would whip up a batch of brownies and I would just kind of enjoy them myself, you know, gave some to my husband, some friends and family, things like that. And I started to realize I really love doing this. Like I really love creating things. I love making food that other people are enjoying. And, you know, I love making an impact on other people's health as well, right? Because instead of choosing to eat those five cookies, you know, maybe someone in my family or one of my friends would choose to eat one of my healthier baked goods. And so that to me, I sort of realized like, this is the thing, this is the thing I've been missing all along. And so that really was what pushed me to jump in and start my own business. And so I made the decision um, after, God, it probably took me like three months to build up the courage to do it. But I That's eventually- relatively fast. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank, well, thank you. Thank you. It felt like ages when I was going through it and going back and forth on the decision. Mm -hmm. But eventually I just realized, you know what? Life is too short to not be doing something that I love. Mm -hmm. And worst case scenario, if this doesn't work out, I can always go back and have a regular job. And so I, I did it. And I went into my boss's office and handed in my resignation and jumped into entrepreneurship. Wow. So yeah, it was, it was just such a like crazy cool experience for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and what has leadership meant to you on that journey? Um, especially maybe in, in your personal life, because it's a lot of leading yourself and on your own. So, I mean, definitely a lot of entrepreneurs do start out on their own, right? So most entrepreneurs don't start out like surrounded by this huge team of people or, or even oftentimes they don't have partners. Like a lot of entrepreneurs start out as solopreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. And so absolutely the leadership can take kind of a different form when it comes to entrepreneurship. And I think leadership really is um, an interesting topic because oftentimes it can be really misunderstood. So for me, for instance, before I became an entrepreneur, if someone said the word leader to me, I had a very specific idea in my mind of what that meant, right? So mm -hmm. I would always think of like a boss or you know a teacher or a sports coach or someone with a position of authority that's overlooking um, a group of people and that was always something to me that was not the most attractive option like I when I was growing up I was a really quiet really introverted kid and I was like this is not like I'm not the person to be somebody's boss like that's not something that I want right um, ironically, I did grow into being a boss of a team <laughs> as an entrepreneur. And, you know, I think the experiences that led up to that helped me be successful in that endeavor. But at the time, like that was not something that I was really considering. And so 
it wasn't until, you know, I was pretty far into my business that I realized that leadership can look a lot different than what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And so, um, thought leadership is, you know, the idea that people who have an idea or an, a thought or an opinion that's kind of outside of the box, and then they share that idea or thought and opinion with other people. And so, as you mentioned, you know, entrepreneurship kind of being a lonely endeavor and a lot of entrepreneurs start out on their own. I had these like cool ideas, but I wasn't really sharing them with a lot of people. It was really just meant for me, right? Like I was just making this food for myself at first. And then I thought, well, if I wanted this, then other people probably will too. And I started kind of sharing it with other people. Um, so I still didn't really consider myself to be a thought leader until I started getting other food entrepreneurs coming to me and asking how I had achieved what I had with my business. Mm -hmm. And that's when it became obvious to me that being a leader is so much more than a specific profession, like being a boss or a teacher, it's innovating and then sharing those ideas with other people, right? So even in more traditional leadership roles, I think it's really important that leaders share what they've learned with their team so that they can help their team grow into the people that they want to become. Mm -hmm. That's really encouraging because I think um, a lot of students can identify with being an introvert and, and wondering what, what does that look like? How do I get a job? How do I get these executive positions on clubs? How do I get the experience that I need to do well? Um, so can you maybe speak a bit to um, how you found your leadership strengths and what your leadership style is now? Yeah, absolutely. Not a problem at all. So um, I definitely think like my leadership style, the one word that comes to my mind is collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily in the traditional sense um, because oftentimes when you talk about collaboration, again, you're talking about collaborating with like a big team of people, right? And for me, having been a solo entrepreneur, that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, but the thing is, is that I also recognize that I don't know everything. And so even if I'm coming up with these innovative ideas, or if I'm, you know, trying to change an industry, or I have out of the box thoughts, I still don't know everything that there is to know about everything. And honestly, like nobody does, right? So I think it's really important to continue to learn from other people in this mm -hmm. kind of collaborative way. Um, so the way that I do this is actually by listening to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Um, or do you have any I, recommendations or favorites? Oh my gosh. I have so many recommendations. Like honestly, um, school of greatness by Lewis Howes is amazing. Um, the rise podcast by Rachel Hollis. Like I love her. She's fantastic. Um, Ed Milet has a podcast that's called max out. Like there are so many fantastic podcasts that are done by successful entrepreneurs and they talk a lot about this idea of um, kind of personal growth in entrepreneurship, right? Mm -hmm. That being an entrepreneur requires a lot of different skill sets and growing those skill sets is what helps you grow into becoming a successful entrepreneur and a successful leader. That's really good to hear. I think students, especially now, um, are listening to a lot of podcasts too um, and trying to learn. So it's great to hear that that's helped you in your journey as well. Yeah. Um, 
What are some of the most impactful lessons about leadership that you've learned along the way, whether it was through podcasts or experiences? Um, if you could tell us about how you learned those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, hands down, the biggest thing I learned about being a leader is that failure is normal. Mm. So I think like we do operate in a society of perfectionism, right? So we're expected to, you know, if you're a student, you're expected to go out and ace the test. Or, you know, if you have a home, you're expected to have a perfectly decorated home that's never messy. Or if you're an employee, you're expected to say all the right things in a meeting. And I feel like what this ends up doing is it puts a ton of pressure on all of us to be perfect, but we can't be perfect. Like we're human, right? We're all going to make mistakes. And so I think the reality is that if you're going to be a leader, you have to accept that you'll be doing things that you've never done before. And when you do things that you've never done before, you're probably not going to be great at it at first, right? And so you have to kind of go through that process of saying, okay, this is a really important thing for me to share with other people or for me to be doing. And I've never done it before. So I'm probably going to suck at it and, and just being okay with that and understanding that like, it's okay if you're not great at it at first, because what you can do is learn from those mistakes and learn from that failure, adapt. And then as you move forward, you can learn how to succeed at that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important that we normalize failure and understand that it's just a part of the process on the way to being successful. And failing forwards. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Failing forwards. Right. And being, it takes courage to fail and then pick yourself back up from that and say, okay, like that was not great, but I am going to learn from it and try again. Right. And not let it become a dead end. I think, especially if you think of medical school acceptance rates, or even trying to get into universities or switching programs, that's that's something that students will definitely encounter. So thank you for that encouragement. Um, yeah, absolutely. On that note, what are some of the greatest challenges that you have faced as a leader? And has there been any failure that has really shaped um, who you are now and where you are now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, having jumped into being an entrepreneur without any business education, I had zero experience in the food industry and basically no idea what I was doing. I, I encountered a lot of failure throughout that mm -hmm. process, right? Like a lot of my learning was just trial and error and then trying again and, and just pushing forward and continuing to keep going. And I think that is really a big part of what makes a good leader is somebody who is willing to put in that effort and keep going. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, as I mentioned, like that does take, a lot of courage, right? Um, so I think the biggest challenge for me, especially in starting out, was finding that courage to, to start and finding that courage to keep going and keep trying. And so, you know, I think the key to this is being driven by why you're doing it. So that really is what helped me find my courage. So for me, what I wanted to do was create a packaged food product that was healthy and it tasted great. So 
what I noticed is that in the food industry, most food products are created to be shelf stable, right? Because the, the grocery stores want them to last for a certain amount of time so that they have time to turn them over and the customers buy them. The customer has time to like kind of keep it stocked in their pantry before they eat it and all the rest. But what that ends up meaning is that we're adding a lot of extra things into those food products that aren't actual food, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I wanted to do was create a packaged food product that was just real food, but also that it tasted good enough that people would actually want to eat it, right? Mm -hmm. Because the reality is most healthy food tastes like cardboard. Like, and that's the reason most people don't eat it, right? Because who wants to eat, you know, a rice cake that tastes like nothing, tastes like air. So my goal was to create this food product that would encourage people to make healthier choices in their diet. That was my why. And that's a pretty strong why, right? Like I want to make an impact on the food industry and I want to make an impact on the health of the people around me. And so once I realized that, I knew I needed to find the courage somehow to make that happen, right? This is going to sound pretty like cliche, but I read a quote not that long ago, and I'm, I'm totally going to butcher it. I'm sure I'm going to misquote it, but it basically said something like fear isn't, or courage isn't the absence of fear. It's just having an understanding that there's something that's more important than your fear. And so I think for me, I was really afraid of putting myself out there, but I also understood that my reasons why I was doing this were more important than that fear. And that's kind of what helped me push forward and keep going. Right. Well, thank you so much for that encouragement. Um, finding, finding that why I think is a big part of students' journeys too, as they're thinking, what, what am I studying? What job do I want to get? And why is that? So that's an encouragement to all of us to dig a little deeper and not just look at the, the role or the degree and think about what's, what's our why and, and what's our reason. So um, do you have any last words of wisdom or advice that you would like to share? Um, for, for students as they're looking to develop their leadership character and skills? Yeah, for sure. I think, honestly, a lot of the, the leadership skills that you need to be a good leader kind of center around things like resilience and confidence, mm -hmm. courage, like things like that. And I think a lot of times people see these as like fixed traits, right? So like you're either a confident person or you're not. You're either a courageous person or you're not. And I really want to encourage people to think outside of the box here, because these are skills that can be developed just like any other skill. And so through practice, through putting yourself in positions that might be outside of your comfort zone um, and through like achieving that growth, you can really grow on those skills and become a very successful leader. So don't think that just because you, you know, aren't the most confident person right now, that that doesn't mean you can't be an incredibly confident person in the future. Well, thank you very much. Um, it's been a pleasure uh, hearing your, your experiences. Thank you for joining us and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much, Helen. Bye. Two episodes so far. We'll continue to find ways to bring you stories from across our campus. If you have a story to tell or you want to learn more about the Learn to Lead program, then check out our website, learntolead.uwo.ca.
Big thank you to Nicole Haney for taking the time to chat with us.